For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Paxson for three! Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my MVP time! the City Assassin does it again! Well, we're done talking about trade rumors, and now we have to look at the product on the court for the Chicago Bulls as they are two games into their new roster, and it hasn't been great, to say the least, with Nikola Vucevic and Daniel Tyson in the lineup. Bulls are still struggling. they still got some things to work out, but again, they've only been together for six days. There's a lot of time left, a lot of practice time ahead. Maybe they can work it out. Welcome into the Believe in Bulls podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. Great to be back with you, back on our regular schedule on this Wednesday afternoon. Last week recorded on Thursday due to the trade deadline, and I'm glad I did. And this week we're back to normal, and there's only two games to talk about, and neither one of them was really great. I mean, I'm going to do a look at the good and the bad is how I'm framing this episode, because there's a little bit of both. But, I mean, for starters, obviously last week's show talked about the big news of Nikola Vucevic coming to the Bulls and Daniel Tice coming for the Boston Celtics. New look roster. I really like these trades. I still do, even though the Bulls have not played well since these trades have been made. They had a lopsided loss to the San Antonio Spurs out of the gate, and then they lost to Golden State on Monday night, March 29th. And Steph Curry just went ballistic in that game. Steph had a great game. So they did, they did get beat by two, I'd say, solid teams. I wouldn't say they're, you know, the Brooklyn Nets or even a full-strength L.A. Lakers team, but still two decent teams, I'd say. But like I said, we have good and bad to look at. We'll start with the good, because we're all about starting with the good. Look at the bright side. What can you say about Nikola Vucevic? His impact in the lineup, even with very little practice time in Billy Donovan's system with his new teammates in two games, 21 points in both games, 9 rebounds in both games, and he had 6 assists against the Warriors, which is showing that he can facilitate as well. That is a huge part 
of Billy Donovan's offense is having multiple facilitators and six assists from your big man, that's really great to see considering the Bulls are coming off of having Wendell Carter Jr. down low. And Wendell, he was a big body. He could score when he wanted to. He could grab rebounds when he was feeling aggressive. Not the best passer in the world. So to have a guy like Vooch who can come in with six assists in addition to nine rebounds and 21 points, that's really great. And again, with that very little practice time as well, that's huge. The other good is Daniel Tice coming in as well. He didn't play against the Spurs. He was dealing with a family issue, so he had to miss what would have been his first game in a Bulls uniform. He's coming off the bench, and the stats aren't, I mean, they're not loud. Six points, two rebounds, three assists. But he did have a couple of big blocks against Golden State. He had two of them, one of which I'm just like, okay, I like this guy already. Because he came in and he made an immediate impact on the defensive end. That's why you can't just look at stats. I say this all the time with the college game as well. When I covered Loyola Chicago, I talked about Lucas Williamson being the best defender in the Missouri Valley Conference. The numbers don't show it. The numbers are there offensively, but they don't show how good he is on defense. Same concept here with Daniel Tice. Coming off the bench, his defensive strengths don't show in the box scores. You have to watch the games to see them. And he's a, he's a good rim protector. He does great work on defense. I think he's a very welcome addition, even coming off the bench. I mean, you don't have to start to make an immediate major impact on an NBA team. And I like him coming off the bench after Vucevic because Vuce, great offensive player, not the best defensively. That's why last week when I threw out my knee-jerk reaction starting lineups and I had Lowry Marketing at the four and Vuce at the five, I was wrong about that. That I should have thought about it at the time. That is a defensive nightmare, having Lowry Markkinen and Nikola Vucevic on the court together to start the games. I really like, now that Daniel Tice is with the team, that Billy Donovan moved Lowry to the second unit and moved Thad Young up to the first unit. That way, that's a better defensive lineup. Because I like, this is the other good. I've got three good, and I've got a few bad. But my third good thing about the last couple games for the Bulls is the front court pairings of Thad Young, Nikola Vucevic, and Lowry Markkinen and Daniel Tice. Because now, Vooch, not the best defender. Thad Young, I mean, he he's learned to play big, I feel like. I think he's kind of come into his own playing bigger than he is in this lineup, especially when he's come off the bench, even in the starting lineup later in the first half of the season when Wendell Carter and Kobe White moved to the bench, which Kobe White dealing with neck spasms. Have not heard his status for Wednesday's game against Phoenix. But having Thad at the four can help on defense, and then Vooch can focus... He's offense and his defense is it's okay. It's not great, but you need him for the offense. And then off the bench, having Tice come out and he's just a force defensively that allows Lowry to not have to worry so much about defense and be the catch and shoot forward that I think he is more on that a little bit. That's all I have for the good. And here's what we've got for the bad. And some of it's out of the bull's control. I will admit some of it's just, you play the hand you're dealt and you're dealt, you know, a pair of twos. Bad, like obviously the two losses, I mean, you can't get blown out by the Spurs. and That just can't happen. But again, you didn't have Tyson in that game. He was, again, away from the team, dealing with a family matter before joining at Golden State. So you were without a good defensive presence off the bench. And that was why that game, that was not, <laughs> that was not good. I tweeted earlier that day that having Loyola play in the Sweet 16 that day against Oregon State, and then having 
the Bulls' first game with the new-look roster in the same day was a great day to be a Chicago basketball fan. Loyola played its worst game in two years, in my opinion, and the Bulls gave up 120 points to the Spurs and lost 120-104, to 104, and the score is closer than it looked. Because at one point, they had a 30- or 35-point deficit. So it was not a great game out of the gate with the new roster. And then, obviously, the Golden State game on Monday. I mean, Steph Curry, that, that was just, you, you get beat by one of the best. That that happens. I mean, final score, 116-102. And Steph in that game just casually dropped 32. Not to mention Kelly Oubre with 18 and Andrew Wiggins with 21. I mean, you just got beat. That's a that's a decent Golden State team this year. Draymond Green had a good game as well. So, yeah, I mean, that, that one I'm not worried so much about. But the San Antonio game, I mean, the Spurs didn't have Lonnie Walker. And the defense for the Bulls, just did, it just wasn't there. And, again, the Bulls didn't practice before that game. They had a quick shoot-around, and then they had the game. So, considering they didn't practice yet, I'm not really worried about either one of these losses. We have to avoid overreacting. As Bulls fans, you have to avoid overreacting. Because I know they've been stuck in the mud the last couple years under Jim Boylan and Gar Pax. Now, the future's bright. You've got two all-stars in the starting lineup even though Zach Levine's dealing with an ankle injury. More on that in just a second. Don't overreact to these two losses. They have to get used to playing together. It's going to be fine once they once it straightens out. Obviously, this is a tough part of the schedule coming up. So, yeah, you want it to straighten out sooner than later, but for right now, don't worry about it. It's two games in. You've got to adjust to having another all-star in the lineup, and it's going to be fine. I'm not too worried about it, but, again, the two losses, not a great start, but it could have been much worse, believe me. And these two losses aren't being helped by the fact that Zach Levine's dealing with a sprained ankle. Did not look right against Golden State. He actually didn't play in the fourth quarter of that game. Billy Donovan addressed that in the post-game press conference. Let's give that a listen right now. This is just me. I mean, he he is um, he's a he's a really he never complains. He never says a word. He never ever does anything. I just you know, in my opinion watching him and that's why I got him off I just did not like the way he was running I've seen him run now for you know 40 games I know what that looks like right and then I kind of can see him coming back and you know I do think is as there was a lot of shots that he missed tonight and I know on any given night no one's perfect but you know what that guy is a is a machine when it comes to shooting the basketball and he has not shot it as comfortable and and maybe it's new players and thinking about how to get everybody involved I, I don't know but he he did not appear to be you know, moving at the rate, you know, that I think he's, that he normally does. And, but he's not the kind of guy he, he, and I respect this, his whole thing is if I suit up and step across the lines, I'm playing and there's no excuses when you play. Do I think that he's at, you know, do I think he's ailed? Yes, I do think he is. That audio, of course, courtesy of the Bulls post-game Periscope on Twitter. Yeah, you, you heard Billy Donovan, Zach Levine didn't look right. And I mean, I agree. He didn't look like himself. He was missing some shots he usually makes. He wasn't running right. Probably a good idea to sit him. I have not heard any update on Zach from anyone on the Twitter sphere ahead of Wednesday's game against Phoenix, but hopefully he's recovered during the last couple days, during the, the off day. Again, it's a grueling part of the schedule, so you don't want to risk anything major. So that's why I, I like Billy Donovan seeing that he wasn't right and then pulling him in the fourth quarter of a game they probably weren't going to win against Golden State. And you don't have to rely on Zach anymore to be the guy. You have an all-star in Nikola Vucevic now. You have two all-stars in this lineup, two very capable all-stars in this lineup. So if you need to pull Zach, okay, you can run the offense through Vuce. 
mean, that's easy to do. So I don't know what's going to happen against Phoenix. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way. But Zach's ankle is huge. And that's a big reason why you can't worry about these losses to San Antonio and Golden State. Zach Levine is not 100%. Once he's 100%, I think you're going to see this roster take off. I think you're going to see a playoff push. But until he's 100%, it might be a rough go until Vooch gets his footing in the starting lineup and gets used to the system and the rotations and whatnot. Because you got to remember, there have only been a couple days of practice with the way the schedule is set up here. There have only been a couple days of practice time together with the new team. Give it time. There's a lot of game left. A lot of season left. I still think they'll make the playoffs. I, they might even pass, bypass the play-in tournament. We'll see. I still think this is a playoff team now. I don't think you're playing to tank. I think you're playing to make the playoffs at this point. Another bad. Now, this, this isn't really a bad, but it's, it's a question I feel like I have to ask. What to do about Lowry Markkinen? Now, Lowry's been starting all year. He's having a better year. He's still, I mean, not having a bad year. He's not what he was under Jim Boylan. I said he'd take off under Billy Donovan, and he has. He's putting together a better year. The problem is the inconsistencies. He's still very inconsistent. And now off the bench, I mean, against Golden State, he came off the bench for the first time. 13.6 rebounds in 22 minutes, 5 of 9 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3 point. I mean, that's good. That's a good slash line. But the problem is his defense. That's why he's not starting, is he's a defensive liability. The pairing with Daniel Tice, I go back to what I said in my good. That is a perfect pairing, because you've got a rim protector in Daniel Tice, and that can complement Lowry Markin, who is not great defensively, and that can allow Lowry to maybe focus more on offense and then the transition game, be a catch-and-shoot forward. I think that's what Lowry has to be. I think he's got to be your typical catch-and-shoot forward. Like, you know how Kobe White is as a guard? I st- like, I keep saying he's probably not a true point guard, not a pass-first point guard. He's more effective as a catch-and-shoot shooting guard. Lowry Markkinen is more effective as a catch-and-shoot forward because I'm not sold on his passing ability. A lot of facilitators in this lineup. I mean, you got... Tomas Sadoransky. You've got Zach. Zach can be a facilitator. You've got Vooch down low. You've got Thad Young. So you've got facilitators. And even in the second unit, like Kobe can be a facilitator. He he can't score and facilitate. He'll be one or the other. But either way, you can have a facilitator there. Lowry Markkinen's a lot of things. He's not a facilitator. He's not a great passer. So maybe off the bench is a good fit with Tice. We'll see how it goes down the road. There's a very small sample size here. But yeah, should he be a catch-and-shoot forward? Is that is that an option you want to do? Do you want to limit him to that? I mean, he can rebound, too. That's not I'm not discounting his rebounding ability. That this is I'm talking purely from a passing perspective. Because down low, I mean, on defense, yeah, he's not the best defender, but he's a big body. He can grab a rebound. He grabbed six against Golden State. I mean, he can grab rebounds. He's not a he's not an elite rebounder, but he can still get you some boards. He can get you some big boards when you need it to. So it's more his offensive role. I mean, he's not he's not a passer. He's a shooter. But sometimes the shooting isn't there. I mean, he had a decent game against Golden State. I can remember a few games ago, he did not shoot the ball well at all. I want to say he made one three, one for seven from three-point territory or something. I forget what game it was. But either way, he's too up and down to be relied upon as a shooter. And he can't be a facilitator either just because the passing ability is not there. So now he's heading into restricted free agency with a new look roster that, I mean, I'm looking at this roster. I don't 
see Lavi Markkinen as part of the long-term future for this Bulls team. I mean, I just don't. You don't bring in an all-star like Nikola Vucevic, who's not a good defender, if you think Lavi Markkinen, your stretch four, who's not a good defender, is part of your long-term plans. I think Thaddeus Young's here. I think Daniel Tice is going to be here for a while off the bench, complimenting Vooch. I don't think Lowry Market is here after this offseason. I was surprised he was still here at the trade deadline, considering Daniel Gafford and Wendell Carter. And how in the world did Arturis Karnaschovas get Otto Porter Jr.'s contract out of here? Chandler Hutchison. Luke Cornett. He traded Luke Cornett. I don't know how all of those guys got out of here and Lowry didn't. Maybe it was just because a deal fell through. I don't know what all is going on. The front office has been very, very tight-lipped about everything, which is good. Go back to last week's episode, and I told you how surprised I was to see that the Bulls were trading for Vucevic because you didn't hear them come up in rumors at all. So I, going into this offseason, I'm not sure how Lowry Markkinen is going to fit into the puzzle, if he will fit into the puzzle. Maybe he'll just be here through the end of the year. Maybe it'll be a sign-in trade. Who knows? But I really think now you're starting to see the waning of Lowry Markkinen from the rotations. At least he's on the bench now. The pairing with Daniel Tice I think will work. I think they'll play off each other well because I think Tice's defense, if Lowry can step it up on offense, I think that can be a good front court pairing. But for the time being, Lowry's just basically got to be more consistent. There's nothing else really to say. And I don't want to limit him to a catch-and-shoot forward. Billy Donovan said that at the beginning of the year. He doesn't want Lowry to be just catch-and-shoot. But I feel like that's kind of what his role is now off the bench with the new additions to the lineup. I trust Billy Donovan. I think he's the perfect guy to lead a roster like this with the big changes in the middle of the year. I think they're still in win-now mode, and when I say win-now mode, I mean make the playoffs mode. And I think he's going to make the proper adjustments. They just need some practice time. It's early. They've only played two games together. A lot of time left. It's a small sample size. There's a lot of games left. A lot of games in a short window left. They're on this. I'm calling it the circus tour. The circus isn't around anymore, but I guess it's the circus trip because they're all out on the road, and it's very much like a circus trip feel. So they've got this going on. Once they come back home, maybe they can get a couple days rest in there, and who knows what can happen after that with practice time, etc., etc. But for the time being, the big question I have with the new rotations is what is Lowry Markkinen's role? That's going to be something we're going to watch at least in the next couple weeks heading into the playoff push, maybe into the playoffs. I think that's where they're going. And then the offseason, I really think Lowry Markkinen is off the team. I think he's going to get signed and traded. They're not going to make him an offer because he's a restricted free agent. Renounce him. I don't know what they're going to do. But I don't think Lowry's going to be here next year. I mean, that's just basically the way to say it. I still think the Bulls won the Jimmy Butler trade, though. Let me be clear. I, I think getting Zach Levine in particular in the Jimmy Butler trade, I still think the Bulls won out on that deal. Because Jimmy went to Minnesota, obviously wasn't happy there. I know he's in Miami doing big things. But I, I still think the Bulls won that Minnesota trade. And if they can flip Lowry for something, if they can get something for him in a sign, I don't know if they can even do a signing trade with a restricted free agent. I don't know how all that works. If they can get anything for him, I mean, if you can get a good return for him, yeah, the Bulls still won the Jimmy Butler trade. So I just want to be perfectly clear, I would do that trade over again. Absolutely. Maybe not with Chris Dunn. I wasn't sold on Chris Dunn from the start in that deal. But yeah, I'd do that over again. Now, one last thing here before I start to wrap up. Nikola Vucevic is wearing number nine. Patrick Williams has worn number nine all year. Well, now, Patrick Williams is wearing number 44, which if you remember, that was Nikola Miritich's number. 
I saw that. I'm like, huh, he's got Nico's old number. So what happened was Vooch came in and asked Patrick Williams if he could have number nine. And he, w- he was willing to pay him for it. Patrick Williams was going to give it to him for free. Vooch still gave Patrick Williams a, quote, undisclosed amount for number nine. And the Bulls got it approved by the league, so there was a number switch mid-year. I mean, seriously, how can you not love this kid? I mean, every time you turn around, there's something he's doing that just like, God, I love him. Whether it be something on the court, like a big poster dunk like he had the other night, or a big rebound, or something off the court like this, giving the all-star veteran his number. He was going to do it for free, but Vooch still paid him anyway. I mean, I, I just, I love Patrick Williams. I mean, I... I will turn my Twitter into a Patrick Williams Stan account if I have to, because I am just over the moon. He is just exceeding all my expectations. I think he's going to develop really well on the floor, and he just seems like a good dude, which is what you want. You want good guys, and I, th- I think he is a good guy. Let's look at the upcoming schedule as we do to wrap up every show. Obviously, tonight, Wednesday, 9 o'clock, Bulls play the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. Again, 9 o'clock for all... Anyone else in the late night crowd like me, I'll be up watching that game because I'm a night owl. It's what I do. Friday, the Bulls play the Jazz again. Last time the Bulls played the Jazz, they lost 120-95. to That was before the trade deadline, obviously. Not a great game. And then Sunday, the Brooklyn Nets come to town. That is a 1 o'clock p.m. tip. That is an afternoon tip-off, which is weird. But, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets come to Chicago. That's going to be – I don't know how that game's going to go. Indiana on Tuesday on the road, and then next week we have the episode on Wednesday before Thursday's game at the Toronto Raptors, or in this case, the Tampa Bay Raptors. So again, that is a tough part of the schedule, because here are the other teams. You've you've heard Phoenix tonight, Utah, Brooklyn, Indiana, Toronto, Atlanta, Minnesota will be a nice breather, uh, Memphis, and then Orlando, Memphis. So the schedule gets a little easier from there. But this stretch here, I mean, that is a grueling stretch. But I think they're equipped to do it, especially if they can get the practice time and start learning how to play off one another in practice. I think you're looking at something really, really good from the Chicago Bulls as they make their playoff push. That is going to be a wrap for this week's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as well. I'm hoping to start booking some guests here soon regularly. So you're not just listening to me talk the entire time. So stay tuned for more on that. Look forward to talking with you next week. Everybody, please stay safe. Be well. Wear a mask. Get your vaccine when you can. Talk to you next Wednesday on the pod. Have a great week, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.